Welcome to the Coal Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Brandt, co-founder of Coal Ironworks, blacksmith shop turned manufacturer of forging equipment right here in the United States of America. On this show, we talk about running a business, starting a business, and uh, enjoying your work. Recently, I've, I've talked to a, a couple of my business owner friends, contractors, guys that are just getting started. Um, and one of the things that comes up a lot when you're starting a business is once the business starts to grow, once you get that initial little bit of interest in your product or your service, then how do you keep up with all the different demands of the business? And if you think about it, you know, a lot of times as you add employees to help handle the workload, um, in our experience, my experience, the uh, the problems tend to multiply because now you're not just solving your own fires, you're also putting out the fires of your employee. And so uh, a couple years ago, I read the book uh, E-Myth, which completely changed my life, so much so that every time I'm talking to somebody that's starting a business, even if they're just a, a contractor, you know, working by themselves or with one other guy, I always tell them, I think it's a good idea for you to read this book simply because it gives such a, a fresh perspective um, as you think about how you set up your business, how you set up and run um, what you're building and what you're trying to build. And one of the things that gets talked about a lot, not only in the e-myth, um, but also as you, you know, learn about lean manufacturing, as you learn about the way that Toyota set up things, um, has a lot to do with systems. So, for example, in our shipping department, which is up to this point been me um, for the last couple months, I do everything from uh, the initial QC over the machine as it comes out of paint. Um, I build the pallet. I put the press on the pallet. I pack the box. I do the last little finishing touches, like putting you know grip tape on the pedal and tightening the bolts and inspecting all the the clevis pins and stuff on the machine. Um, then I go through and I order the shipping. I get quotes from a few different carriers. I set up the shipping. I sign all the paperwork. I wrap the press up in plastic. I put it on the back of the truck and send the email to the customer, um, informing them that you know, it's been shipped, here's your tracking info. So all of that stuff is just one, one task, you know, that is shipping a press. And well, what I've learned is if I can create a, a system that takes all that information, that step-by-step job out of my brain, when I'm trying to train somebody to do that job, then I can just have them follow a sheet. Um, I did a lean... It's called a lean environment simulator where literally they have a a fake production line. Um, It's fake in the notion that you're not actually building anything, but it's real in the notion that it's, I mean, it was like a powered conveyor. You had tools, you had uh, flow racks behind you. You had wooden cars moving along on that powered conveyor and and on systems and um, all, I mean, all the infrastructure of a full size uh, production line is really cool. And one of the things they had is called an SOS sheet, standard operating sheet, I think. I think that's the name of it. Um, This is a real quick little one, two, three, four step 
breakdown. I mean, not, you know, as many steps as it takes to finish this job, but it gives you like the initial overview of, okay, step one, um, inspect the machine. Step two, build a pallet. Step three, um, you know, install press onto pallet. But you can take that and break it even further on another sheet. So that's the initial sheet that you can hang up in the booth that just gives whoever's doing the job kind of a, you know, here's a quick summary of the things that you're going to do. I'm going to train you on how to do each one, but then as you're doing the job, you can reference this sheet if you get lost. It just gives you a good place to kind of seat yourself from. And, you know, in a small company especially, I mean, I, I think especially, um, everybody is doing so many things that sometimes it will be in the middle of a process and you'll get pulled off to do something else real quick. Help somebody, um, you know, move something heavy or somebody's looking for, a, uh, you know, some part or, you know, what have you. But you'll, you'll get pulled off pretty frequently, even if it's just to answer the phone. And when you come back to the, your, your task, it's nice to be able to say, okay, where was I? Okay, I was right here. I know where I'm at. Okay, get back to work. Because otherwise, if it's all in your head, um, and especially if you were just recently trained on it and you haven't ingrained it into your being yet, then having that tool is just really helpful. I even find it helpful when I'm doing a job that I've done a lot of, um, because I'll get phone calls and emails and pulled away and I'll have to come back and I have to kind of restart and I'll stand there and stare at what I'm doing for a while. Just a waste of time. So that's an SOS sheet. I think, I guess, SO sheet. I'm not 100% sure. Um, it also SPS, which is standard process sheet. So either standard operation sheet or standard process sheet. And the only reason I'm even giving you the name is if you want to look up a template, it's a little bit helpful just to have something to go off of. Um, but kind of going back to, I was talking about the e-myth and the system, thinking about how you're going to train a person um, in depth before you hire them has been something that we have just really struggled with because by the time we realize some that we, we absolutely need somebody, generally speaking, um, we've needed them for a while. And so it's become so egregiously apparent that we can't ignore it. We have to get somebody in and then we, we end up wasting all this time in training. And, and I don't mean a waste of time in the sense of training is a waste of time. Training is, is valuable. And I think if you're going to hire somebody, you really need to think about everything you want and need them to do and getting their, the jobs that you're going to hand off thought, thoughtfully simplified and also thoughtfully written down. So when they come in, you know, have them look at the standard operation sheet. The next sheet that goes along with that is called a JI sheet, so a job instruction sheet. And if you've never heard of JIT, um, it stands for uh, job instruction training. It's a big thing within Toyota. It's a big thing within uh, the U.S. Army. Um, there's a lot of things about it that, that basically it's just a standard procedure for training, uh, training people on jobs so that you can get them, um, on that job quickly and they have reference material on hand if they have questions. You know, one of the guys that we used to work with, uh, would say anytime one of your employees has a question, they have to log in to something. They have to log in. Think of your brain as a computer. 
if you're the only resource for information, you're going to be answering every single one of the questions throughout the day. And they're going to stop what they're doing to come find you. They're going to stop you from doing what you're doing. And they're going to log in. And um, it, it just creates a really bad cycle. Because the other thing that I found, in, just from experience, is having people rely on you to answer those questions um, from a training perspective, from a, from a perspective of like, I, I kind of know what I'm doing, but I have a little bit of an issue and I need your help. Um, a lot of those questions could simply be remedied if, if the information would be written down. And so every single time that they come to you and they ask that question, rather than relying on the system or the material that you've documented beforehand, they rely on you. And that reliance kind of compounds on itself and slowly they begin to rely on you in other ways too. Um, they don't want to take responsibility for something because, not because they're, they're bad or they're you know, not trying hard enough. Um, they begin to rely on you uh, to make decisions about things that you know, they don't have a ton of experience on. And for example, if you have a part that gets drilled at certain measurements, you shouldn't just have those measurements on the, on the sheet. You need to give a range. You need to say this part needs to be within, you know, let's say a couple thousands. Uh, most of the stuff that we do, we'll do within five thousands um, for placement. So like the placement of a hole when it gets drilled, um, when you do the, the measurement at the end, it needs to be within five thousands. Um, if it's not within five thousands, then do it and the call then has already been made um, you know that decision has already been made they know the decision has already been made so when they look at their part and they they inspect you need to be inspecting your setup rather than the part afterwards and that's something that we've really tried to do more of but inspecting that the setup is correct so by the time you run the part you know um, a post operation inspection where that that stuff's already made and you're inspecting it is not going to solve a problem it'll just catch an issue you know it's more like a thermometer rather than a thermostat you're going to have an issue uh on that part because you didn't check you didn't inspect you know the setup i'm talking setup you know i'm saying okay let's say on a mill or a saw you know, somebody goes to cut, and, and that's a big thing. We'll hire in a lot of interns and stuff and put them on saw work. Um, it's it's not the most exciting work, but it's good work because it forces them to learn about measuring, cutting, deburring, um, you know, cleaning up after themselves, st stacking parts, all this stuff, like transporting parts around the shop safely so they don't get dropped and dinged. You know, it's just a simple task, but it's important. So if you set that saw up um, so that even an intern coming in can learn the procedure for running the saw, for making the measurements. If you've got standard parts that you cut, um, setting the saw up with stops. We just did this in our shop. We have a old, old, old Cosin uh, automatic bandsaw. And it has a little uh, switch on the front. So it self-feeds the material through the saw. It hits the switch. That's your stop. That stops the feed and starts the down feed of the blade. Well, that, that, uh, the setup on the 
saw itself on setting that switch up to the correct length, doing a test cut, uh, checking the test piece, taking another cut, checking that nothing's moved between the two, and then running the rest of the bar was incredibly laborious, but it was also, it, it took a, a, a lot of skill. So what Andy did um, is he went back and he rigidized this whole assembly, moved it as, to the, the furthest point out, and made these little inserts for that switch of varying lengths that set the stop. So rather than maneuvering anything, you just put in a preset stop into that saw. I, this, I, I'm, I hope that you can understand what I'm describing. The point being that all of a sudden, we have a, a rack next to the saw with all these stops. The measurements that that stop will give you when you put it into the saw is written on it. So if you want to cut a three inch part, you put the three inch stop in, you load your material, you feed it through the saw. So you still have to have a standard operations sheet for loading the saw, running it through, tightening the rollers, all that, making sure the height of the blade's correct. Everything's running good, coolant's on, chips are clear, but the actual measuring part has now been simplified. And so they run that part and know that it's it's going to be exactly three inches um so that that's just kind of an idea and thinking about from the business like how do i create a little uh you know standard operation sheet for every single thing that i do but the ultimate goal being how am i going to create a system that's going to let me um that's going to let me take a step back from that role, but ensure that it's going to get done properly. Otherwise, you're going to create deep, deep-seated reliance on every, you know, with every employee. They're going to be relying on you for that information. And, you know, we've had people that have been with us for a few years, so they've picked up a lot of stuff. They've got a lot of that tribal knowledge up in their head, and so they can become a resource too. But why... Why put a drain on a resource like that? Like somebody that's been with you for years and really knows the ropes, um, they need to be put into a position to be making important stuff and important decisions in the company and you know, make, building the product well rather than just training more people to do it well. Um, and the only, again, in, in a standard shop maybe that's not such a big deal maybe that person's whole job is just training new people to build stuff but it doesn't have to be and I can tell you from experience you know in the realm of like a contractor having a standard operation that's communicated to your employees before you get started can eliminate a lot of headaches after the fact because it can become more a conversation of you know um, I have shown you, provided you the resources to do this job. Maybe you send them out to every job site with a binder and you've gone over how to, you know, how you want to expect them to be finishing drywall, how you expect them to be cutting and installing trim, what level of caulk is acceptable, um, you know, tiling, spacing and grout thickness and everything. Like all of this stuff can be covered. So all it does is it just frees you up. It takes a lot of time initially to write all this manual and you need to do it one step at a time. Don't try to write the whole book, you know, in one sitting. It's not going to work, but 
if you knock out one thing a day for the next year and maybe you have to hire somebody and you have to train them improperly and you know it but you're working towards all the time getting them the material reference and information that they need to be doing their job well um, man it can just solve a lot of problems later on because then if they do have an issue you can go back to that standard operating sheet and say hey you know looking at this I can tell this was not followed you did it your own way and you know that you did it your own way that that's much different than going to them and saying hey um, you know I didn't tell you how to do this and I don't like the way that you're doing it that's frustrating to an employee that's frustrating to a contractor that's trying to take pride in their work that's that's just a frustrating conflict to be in but if they beforehand know exactly what's expected of them because you've written it down and you've set all those parameters, um, you know, that can make that conflict a lot less intimidating and a lot less personal too. So I, I hope those are some good ideas for you. Those are some things that, that have really impacted us. And, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, we've just, we've had to do more and more of this because as your business grows, you are kind of moved into new positions. You know, I am not on the floor welding uh, press frames anymore. That used to be one of my main jobs. Now I spend a lot of my time on Instagram, sitting, talking to people, um, you know, making posts, going out into the blacksmith shop and making content, working on developing with Andy new product, uh, you know, new tooling. And, and it's just really changed. I spend a lot more time on, on a computer and, you know, working on documentation for the, the tax man and all of that. I do a lot more of that now. And you got to be ready for that because that's important work that needs to be done. And if you don't make room for it, it won't get done. And, you know, you can lose that, that momentum forward of growth. Um, you know, we've really experienced that if we've, if we've let our attention, if I've let my attention wander too much away from doing that work that, that, you know, it's really easy to tell yourself, you know, doing four Instagram posts today is not as important as training this guy or as answering my people's questions or as being available to production line. But if I can give them a quick reference manual for most of those tasks, again, I like to add to, we don't have them for everything. We are still developing a lot of them. The only one that I can say that we have for sure, we maybe got two um, that are out on production answering questions for us. Uh, reference SOS sheets that we're, we're working on. Um, but even those have made such an impact and just in communicating expectations and you know, rules and all that. Um, it's easy to say that that stuff is more important than making an Instagram post, but I'll tell you what, you miss your Instagram posts, your views go down, your page views go down, your store uh, visits go down, your sales go down. It's just... It's it's all important, and so it all needs to be taken care of thoughtfully. I appreciate the response. You know, I haven't uh, made one of these in, in about a year, and um, we've been to a couple conferences, just hearing from people tell us, oh, I love listening to the podcast. I thought, well, heck, i got to start sharing. We've learned so much stuff this year and gone through a massive transformation in our business, and I, I'd love to, to talk about it. Hopefully I can get... Uh, Andy on one of these, you know, we've got uh, Dave Delagardel working for us uh, of Cedarlor Forge. We've got 
Phil, a local blacksmith in Indianapolis, a couple guys that have really uh, come on board and doing some cool stuff with us. So I'd love to get them on the podcast. We just talk a little bit and uh, appreciate the listen, appreciate the support. Obviously, we wouldn't be where we are today without everybody's love and and uh, support over the last couple years. So it's greatly appreciated. I look forward to a, a Merry Christmas and a New Year, and uh, we'll keep popping these out. Thanks, guys.